Have you heard of high-level games? If you're a content creator looking to make your dream a reality, you need high-level games. High-level games does layout, editing, and development support such as Kickstarter and more. Even if you're not a creator and just want to enhance your game with exciting new supplements, go to highlevelgames.ca and check out Dark New England for V20. High-level games. We want to help you level up your role-playing game. Highlevelgames.ca. This is 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade, a retrospective podcast brought to you by UtilityMuffinLabs.com. Welcome to another episode of 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade. My name is Nathan. And I am Bob. Mmm. Good coffee is good. All right. Well... So this is an interesting podcast for a couple of reasons. Um, I, I'd like to touch on f- just briefly here, although I feel like a full explanation will be great for our other podcast, which is Nerd Words, which will be out probably around the same time as this one because we're cramming, baby. We're cramming. So anyways, how are you, Bob? I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Loving the fact that this is uh, part two. Yeah, yeah, part two. So we actually, here's a cool little story, um, and I'll get to the point. Basically, we already recorded this podcast. It was a really, really good one. And uh, due to uh, human error and technological errors, it's gone. The entire podcast, uh, save the last 17 minutes of it, um, has been lost to the ether. So, yeah, the, we're we're coming back a second time to record this one. Luckily... The book was so good, we want to record it twice, right? Had to have been. <laughs> it's so awesome. So basically, uh, I, I traveled to Chicago um, for a funeral, and I was like, I'll take advantage of this time, and I'll go hang out with Bob, and we'll record a podcast together. And that didn't happen. So there's definitely more to the story, but we'll get into it in our other podcast, so you know you have something to listen to there. Hmm. So, yeah, let's, uh, I guess, um, let's get right into it. Before we do that, though, I'm sorry. Uh, I just want to thank everyone who has signed up over the last month to our Patreon. Uh, There's a ton of you. Next podcast, I'll have a full list of all the people that signed up in June and July, and we'll give you all, except those who've specifically requested, a thank you for joining. I don't want you to think you're weird for not being announced, but it is a little weird. Uh, because we are, <laughs> I'm sensation. I love fans, and and patrons are just that extra special uh, yeah. that they care enough to actually uh, see us go. And I, I, a moment of silence we will give for you at least. <laughs> right. It, it, the funny part about it is, is that some people sign up with like pseudonyms, and then still don't want us to like mention who they are. So I understand government work can be hard. We'll respect your wishes. So, are we that bad, though? Like, we have to be banned I, I from, from work, <laughs> professional environment? Yeah, I mean, you know. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think I think all in all, we're pretty respectable when it comes to podcasts. We don't say a lot of, like, nasty things. But, you know, I, I know in my experience of playing vampire, like, especially in a LARP s- scenario, some people just, like, it's something they completely hide from their personal life. Not that I think this person is doing that, but, like, I, I get it. Not everybody what, like wants S&M? to share their hobby. Uh, no, well, I mean, 
I guess there are some certain connotations that come with this, although it's still just a bunch of like goofy people sitting at a table rolling dice. So it's like not. We need a safe word. Yeah, it's not all that. It's. <laughs> it, well, boss of mine, thanks for coming to my home. I hope you enjoyed the roast. Your complimentary fangs are provided in front of right, you. Right. And, and your bag of dice. What? I'm going to need you to adorn yourself with a fluffy shirt, please. Thank you. Have a nice day, sir. You don't know what that shirt's called either, and I enjoy that. I'm just like, the, you know, the frilly shirt. Yeah, the does frilly, it have a name? It, I'm certain it does. I'm certain it does. I thought it, it was does, just like pirate shirt. I got it right. That's, that's all I've been able to call. You know, the one pirates wear. I, uh... Pirates and vampires. <laughs> you know, if if I wouldn't look like Meatloaf if I wore one, I might own one. But you know, that's just that. That's true. That's true. I, I don't <laughs> think I would look. I don't think I would look any better. Uh, I think I would look just like a, a a shorter version of Meatloaf. And I would do anything for a review <laughs> on this podcast. Oh, whoa. but I won't review this book. No, I'm kidding. All right. So we. I'm All sorry. Right. Thank you guys uh, for humoring us. Transylvania Chronicles 3 Booty Chatter is what it is. I think is the official title of the book. Ill Omens. Uh, Ill Omens. Yeah, that's right. Right. Not not hip-hop Ill Omens. Just, <laughs> just, just bad. Just like a bad moon rising, you know. All right. So what it is is that in Transylvania 3 Chronicles, here's the setup. The book itself is a continuation, duh, of, of the second one. And they do. Yeah. They update everything. So your time jump, the first half is chalk-filled by clan. What has happened, what's going on with those elders from the original Transylvania book mentioned and all that fun mm-hmm. stuff. How the landscapes changed and the technology upgrading difference. For yeah. instance, the bow sucks compared to a, a flintlock pistol, except when you compare damage stats mechanically, they don't add up. And I want the bow back because <laughs> it can punch through armor. And why does a Mongol get to ride around with an arrow that does more damage than a cannonball? Plus, they get the stake. So, you know, all right, it is what it is. You know, let's not get into stats because that's a whole that's like a swamp. The swamp. Of listen, White Wolf. listen, my cane bros listen to this. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. you've been heard. I'm just saying. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we get it. We understand. It doesn't make sense, but let's pretend we don't care. Okay, so they update all that, and that's great. What we're going to focus on is actually what is going on in this book uh, for the Coterie that you should be playing at this point. And remember, right. by now you're like 600-year-old elders. Yeah. Right, we're like in 1600 or something or other. Yeah, um, we've, we've, we've gotten past the Anarch Revolt. We're, we're now, uh, the Camarilla and the Sabbat are becoming solidified entities in the, in the kindred world because we don't use canine anymore. That's a no-no. We're now yeah. kindred. Sabbat uses canine all the time. Right, 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 right. They refuse but, you know, to be called right. kindred. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's a very good point. A, definitely a very good point. <laughs> all right, so this starts off where someone gets a letter. A mysterious letter. And that someone uh-huh. in the group has to be the most influential, well-to-do elder of the entire group. It doesn't matter if they are they align themselves with the Sabbat, Anarch, what have you. It doesn't matter. It's the person who has the most land and is probably the prince, honestly, of wherever they're at. Or right. the or the HNIV. No, I said no, that wrong. H- HVIC. HVIC. I did Head that vampire wrong. vampire in charge. Yeah. Yes, that would be it. That was cool until I butchered it. For some reason, right. my brain ruined it. But uh, anyway, head vampire in charge. And the, the other way is... <laughs> right. right. It's, it's, own, it's something else. <laughs> That's too much movie. That's what that is. All right. So yeah. at any rate, 
And we just said we didn't say anything terrible. Anyway, so... (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, you get this letter. And uh, the member of the coterie is supposed to be uh, the the affluent. And it's addressed to them from a woman named Maria Ascension. That's her name. Mm -hmm. And Maria Ascension is a uh, very special woman. And she's begging... Well, at this point, the letter just says she requests a meeting. And it's very important. And she says a day and a time and wants to meet on your land, all that fun stuff. And you're supposed to get everybody together. This serves as the reason folks are coming together. Because everybody else gets a similar letter. But there's an addendum here. If one of you is a Cappadocian, or excuse me, one of you is a Giovanni, sorry, let me update my brain. please recall, the Cappadocians by now are gone. Uh, They are now the Giovanni clan. Or the Giovanni, as our Italian friends will tell us. It's possible that she paused the Transylvania Chronicles to go play some Giovanni Chronicles right? to learn what happened up this. You, you get an idea, right? That stuff happens. We're here. We're following the timeline. Yeah. Yeah. But, but if you didn't and you're normal, you're over. <laughs> that, that to me is a high level of play. I'm going to play through the entire canon as intended. Right. I don't know. But how you're going to have some very everywhere. powerful characters in, in, in modern nights, but you know, kudos to you. In the end, you are the antediluvians who get killed by the Sabbat. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, sweet. but uh, Ascension gets everybody together. They all get the letters. They mm-hmm. show up at the house. At the mm-hmm. house, she turns, she flips the script, right? She says, hey, everybody, I'm the last Cappadocia. You got to hide me. Right. Right. She's like, ah, they're, I, I need to be, I got these prophecies I can barter for my life. And let me tell you what's odd about that. This woman actually says, I know some prophecies. I'm willing to give you one now, and I'll give you some later, and some as needed, to pay for what I got going on. Now, I don't know about you. Take the Pepsi challenge. I know for a fact mm-hmm. if I go to any store, anywhere, and I'm like, yeah, I want that new purple bed top of the line. It's like five mm-hmm. grand. I'm going to pay you in prophecy. I will gladly pay you next Tuesday for a cheeseburger <laughs> today. I'm going to read your palm and tell your future, and I'll continue right. to do that if you're lucky. Just give me that purple bed now. They're going to laugh me out the building. I don't see any difference between now and then, except this one says plot hammer. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This this uh, this chapter is just full. Like, it's just an anvil, right? Just with hammer and plot, hammer and plot, hammer and plot. Like, especially the, like, if you have Giovanni, they need to not be here. They can't be here. Like, make sure they're not here. She won't talk. If, and I'm like, hmm, this is a little plot hammery. So they do it. A little, yeah. Bing, bing. All right, so you're you're here, and you're and you're like, no, none of us are Giovanni. Get out of the room, Adam. And you shove him by the face, <laughs> and you know that's what happens. And then she's like, okay, cool. Well, that's what's going on. Then they get another letter. Yeah. Right. And you know, basically, this ghoul walks in, and in my opinion, this must be like one of those cool ass British butler type. You know, it's like, excuse mm-hmm. me, sir, another letter from Francois Villon. Shall I read it to you? And you're like, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Uh, it says thus, you will fund a party for 30 canine, oh, excuse me, kindred. 30 kindred will be coming in from France. You'll hold them in a tent court. They're there for a special party. Give them all due obeisance. Make sure they have everything they need. It's on your demands, on your dime, at his whim. You're welcome. You're going to do it, yes. Done, right? Mm-hmm. And then he runs. He runs for his freaking life. Because that should <laughs> piss anyone off. If I sent a letter to your house that said, hey, I'm coming over. I'm bringing my entire LARP. Everyone who listens to the podcast is coming to your house. We heard you got dough. You're in South America. We're coming. Right, right. Make way. I would hope you would send a letter to us. Dear person, 
Please enjoy our country. <laughs> Dear and, sir or madam. <laughs> and go f- to yourself. Do something uncomfortable to yourself in the back of a Volkswagen because, nah, don't come to my house mm-hmm. and have me pay for it. Yeah. Uh, I, by the way, I am Francois Vallon. I am the Prince of Paris. My courts are grand. I am the shiznit. Uh, all in your court will be, um, paying host to whoever I send, uh, and we'll be there next Tuesday. So get started now. Thanks. Uh, yeah. So I'm reading this and I'm like, okay, let me predict what my most influential character who has been. Um, just globe trotting around, finding you know this treasure and this uh, you know prophecy of Cain and this fragment of the Book of Nod knows all knows you know he's friends with he's interacted with the founders he's he's uh, chummy with uh, you know uh, Dems founders right. acquaintances right right I'm one of the right. people who saw Tremere. What? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's not even forget about that. Remember that one time I gazed upon the antediluvian, albeit a weak version of a regular one? <laughs> Who gives a rat's patootie? Um, so this dude from France is telling me in Transylvania, I'm going to I'm gonna be host a, a party for whatever? <laughs> Come on. That's what, not going to happen. What did he ever do? Oh, some right. dude heard some story about how he went and rode around with a dude who slayed a dragon? Mm-hmm. Really? You're trying to tell me you slid? Man, I've been all over the known world. Right. What dragon? I, I, I was I was in I was in uh, uh, a cave that was sentient. So <laughs> I, I don't know how you're going to convince me. I was in a cave that was sentient. Trumps everything you've ever been in. Can you imagine <laughs> right. that cave? Is it is it nice outside? <laughs> Can you? Can you swim like the fish? Are you as free as a bird? I'm seeing Disney potential is what I'm saying. The sentient cave. He's depressed. You know, right. or, sorry, sorry. It's so good. But but yeah, yeah. He's they've thrown you under this, you're gonna do all this mm-hmm. stuff in 30 canines, and then that to me is the most impactful thing. Right? Mm-hmm. But clearly you could see the setup. Anyone right now listening, if you don't get that, <laughs> the meta story is. The players have to throw a party. Right. The last Cappadocian is there. Guess who's coming to dinner? You already right. know Giovanni's coming. That's why it's so big that the player Giovanni send them out of the room. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. It's exactly. But they get their is. own. They get their own letter. Right. They get. They get a letter from uh, I believe Ambrogino Giovanni, and they're like, "Uh, the Cappadocians there. We've got to eat it." And you know, I couldn't help but read. Uh, what uh, was it, Don Pedro? Pedro? Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, I think it's his name. But 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 for argument's sake, I kept hearing mm-hmm. Wario's voice. Don Pedro, yes, yes. I kept hearing Wario. <laughs> hey, 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 you know hey. what I mean? <laughs> Ringing his hands, you know. Right. right I'm yes. coming, and I'm bringing my gold coins, and you'll give me the princess. <laughs> you know. <laughs> right. Oh wow! Uh, In a way, it is a version of Super Mario Brothers. Oh, that's insane! <laughs> please, please extrapolate. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying. It's like you know, the it's like War, but Wario comes to you. You're right, like, right. you're like here, and you have the princess. The players are basically they have to booby trap the castle to stop Wario from getting in to get at so, the last Cappadocia to kill her. I, I know you're being funny. However, I felt that the way that the Giovanni are portrayed. In this is very like stereotypically yes like it, there wasn't a lot of like 
advanced characterization of the Giovanni in this. They were just kind of like, we're bad guys. Uh, yeah. So, why, anyways. Which, to explain, that's why I'm not mm-hmm. being, like, diehard serious on this. Yes, we read it. We, in fact, were recording it twice. But the more I think <laughs> about it and the more I thought about it, and, and and after we did the first recording, God, you saw the same things I did. It's literally like there was there was no effort. And putting this together, like someone said, hey, yeah, let's do stereotypically what you would expect and throw this in and throw that in as we build up to what we really want to do. And then we'll kind of overview that, too. And you'll see that as we go through. Well, so the big deal is you have to throw the party, right? The, The entire chapter is contingent on this party being thrown. And. You know, they they don't really do a great job. Basically, they're like, if your players don't want to, like, play along, then, oh, boy, Francois Vallon, man, he's so influential, and he's just, he's going to ruin you. And I'm like, "Mm, I just don't see that. But, okay, for the sake of argument, you guys have good reason to throw this party. At which point, it very much plays like a LARP. Uh, as uh, as it, it, I think they make mention of it in here. They they do. They actually mention that, and they also add the fact that right now is where you would get your social chops. You should make individual. They don't say this. I'm telling you that if you're running this book, because I already had two people message me about ill omens and how to spice up the book. This is mm-hmm. how you spice it up. You need to think of a LARP and imagine the perfect scenario that you as an ST want to run for one night when you right. do this. And yes, Maria Senshin is there. That's called the meta plot. You also know that there's a Giovanni coming, so that's great too and already done. The rest is actual scenarios for people coming from Francois Villon's court. Now remember, Francois Villon's court is coming from that age in France that the world believes is the most decadent, most vile, where the aristocracy is just superbly corrupt. And that's why it's so boisterous that Francois Villon has graced these players. The people who come from his court here should be equally the same. Right? Vampires or not, they should showcase because you're in Transylvania, right? And you're in the land beyond the forest. And here, they they look at you like your country bumpkins, right? They could be farther from the truth. They have no idea what, uh, what Eastern Europe is about right there in Transylvania, specifically the war in the Carpathians, the religious war that's been going on, uh, the, the valiant fight the pagans have to keep who they are, the conquest after conquest, slavery, bad. It's been bad news bears for them. But they've been striving, and in the 16th century, they finally get that together. Here's this asshole that says, we're better than you, and we're sending a bunch of people to you, so you can see how much better we are. Right. And know what's going on. And we're only sending them because we know that you have this woman tending your court. Right. So they go into uh, the variety of different um, uh, factions or clans and, and what they want and what they're going to get out of this. Now, I, I, to piggyback off of what Bob said, I, I find that one of the most challenging things for a storyteller is individually storytelling a court scene, right? You, you have 30, 40, 50 vampires, and you as a storyteller are bound to end up having a lot of conversations by yourself. So I, I would say, you know, try to avoid that by, like Bob was saying, you know, focus on specific interactions with your players, but... One really cool idea that you could do if you were so inclined is to uh, have a one-night LARP at an event. Have your players be the primary characters and have people play these other factions. Um, you know, but 
it, it, that's what it is. I mean, it's it, it's going to be difficult, and there, there's no easy way out of it. You know your troop. Pick a handful of people coming from this court who would want to socialize with them and want to win favor from them. Remember, the player characters are a group of elders. They're a coterie of elders. The Camarilla right. was founded by what? The Founders. Yes. Seven mm-hmm. elders. So your coterie is what? Three to five? Maybe seven if you're blessed? Equally of importance so they could have an impact. So yeah, those those people who arrive that you toiled to get there and all that, sure, it's wheel and deal time. And they should be prepared for these conversations. A dot or two gambling here for some background gains, maybe a favor for a favor. And they tell you what each clan wants and why they are there. So that's the important thing. So read through those sections to see which one you want. Make sure you make the right play. Don't make the mistake uh, that I have heard already with this book where someone had the the scary uh, event where it was just dead. That everybody meet in this social environment and just the storyteller was looking at the players and the players were looking at him. And yeah, there are people here. (laughs) And we do. All right. Yeah, I I mean, that's definitely something that can happen. Uh, I I wouldn't, uh, I would, I would be lying if I said I hadn't experienced that myself. But I, I mean, there's only so much work you can do as a storyteller, right? You can give your players motivation. You can give the, you know, all the characters an idea of what they're doing. And then if the players don't want to play, then. (laughs) <laughs> so here are the people that do approach the player character group no matter what, and they, mm-hmm. they want something from them, right? First, it's the Tremere. And when I talked to the Tremere, the Tremere said, hey, we'll trade you for the last Cappadocian. We'll give you Dracula's sword. Yes, that's a plot. Dun, dun, dun. Um, whether... <laughs> How did they give Dracula's sword? Right. No. Hey, there was. <laughs> I was at a swap meet in the middle of a battlefield, and this guy yeah, said, it, it... hey, you want to buy this armor? We got these spears. He says, hey. what about that sword? Over there. I noticed you got that sword over there. It looks like it's pretty big. It's got like an eyeball in the middle or something. What are you going to do with that? All it's right. Got, it's got that cool symbol, the dragon on it. Uh, you seem real interested. I think it's going to be an extra five spot for you. Uh, <laughs> all right. You will give it to me now. I am House Tremere. Yeah. I have dominated. Yeah. We have somehow acquired Dracula's sword. Right. And so, all right, players, here you go. Give us that. And by the way, we'll even tell you why we want the last Cappadocia. It'd be pretty cool. She's bound to know a whole bunch of stuff about necromancy. We don't know that stuff. Right. So we want to know that stuff. So we take her. She'll be safe. We won't even harm her. We'll just take her. By the way, your game's over right here. All right. Best scenario in the book. Best scenario, honestly. It's like, wait a minute. You're not going to even kill... Nah, why we want her dead? These guys are great. They know the occult. They can talk to even deader people. We might even learn more thaumaturgy. They've been around in the game before we were. There's a lot of cool shit we could do. Right. Well, and, and it's it's safe to assume that at this this power level, this length of time that you've been playing your characters, your characters have acquired a reputation of honor based on their word, right? There's all these things throughout this Transylvania Chronicles where, like, the characters are judged on, on how uh, willing they are to stick to the traditions and, you know, the tradition of hospitality, the tradition of domain, all of these things. Prestation. Right, exactly. And... This is the best possible scenario. You've met the frickin' Tremere antediluvian. Like, you you know when the Tremere have to gain and don't have to gain. Right. We're just looking to study. Best you, possible protection? Her. You might not have fear, go deal. Right. I remember when he looked at me and I was reduced to ash and I felt it all and was reformed and he spared me a glance. Yeah, right. we'll take the sword. Appreciate it. So let's, let's say that that's not the scenario that you take, right? There's other scenarios you could take as well. 
there are people that want they they want to give you all kinds of influence and you know handy dandy you could uh, you know gain gain favor here you could uh, uh, like the followers of Set want her etc. And they want her for the most whack reason. It's okay. Listen, we uh, we want her, and it's because you know Set beat everybody, and there's he's the Lord of the Red Sands, and he's there, mm-hmm. and like. She defies that, right? She defies like all that stuff and things. And I'm and if it seems like I don't know what they want, it's because when they re- I've read it and read it and read it and read it, and I was like, "What are you talking about?" Mm-hmm. There's utterly nothing right. they gained for having her, other than them they get to go. Ah, we have her. What? Right. So okay, cool. Here, here I'll, I'll read this to you to give you to give you an indication. Just this quick little sentence. Um, ultimately, the Sedites want the Cappadocians destroyed, preferably at the hands of another group. They prefer the blood be spilled by someone else, and the Sedites withdraw if it is clear that dominant offers are from other groups that want Maria destroyed. Well, so why like, even open your mouth? What, yeah, why even have them there? It's a waste so, of time. All right. Uh, Giovanni. The Giovanni mm-hmm. cracked me up because Don Pedro's like, oh, we know you have her. How long have you been keeping her? We'll pay you a 1,000 florins per day you've had her. And uh, five hundred more per 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 uh, person the coterie. Here's a wealth of stuff, just a whole bunch mm-hmm. of stuff. Agree to it. We hit you with a bag of money. We take her, and we're done. Now I want you to think about this long and hard. He's offering you Florence. He's offering you wealth. You're in Transylvania, and the most affluent characters is six hundred year old elders. There's a thing called combined back. It's to me, it's an astounding level of wealth and showmanship. You are they're standing in, telling you they can make you even richer. And what does that mean in a long enough timeline? If you're already rich, what does your money do for me when I'm immortal? Right? right. What you're talking about is a life. A mm-hmm. life who I need to add the wealth, the, the worth to it. Maria Senchon's not normal. She right. radiates a level of calm. She has a spiritual peace to her. She represents to a 600-year-old vampire easily that, that life does not have to be damnation. You feel good just having her near you, let alone in your mm-hmm. home. And she makes you feel guilty. Right? That's something rare as well. Despite your strength, without judging you, she understands you. She's like a friend instantly in his family when you hear why she's here. Yet these assholes are offering you shit you already have. Right? It's like the worst offers ever. And then the Giovanni, granted, that's their shtick. Right? Money. It's always that. Right? Banking. As me and Nate said, very stereotypical. The one that ticked me off. The Mm -hmm. Bali. It just incensed me because they walk up and this dude's like, he's, he's a Bali and he uses sense the sin in the players. And he's like, listen, I know I have this knowledge of dark arts and I could teach you these things. I could show you the world that you don't know. It's shitty. It costs your soul. But don't worry. Here's all this darkness and evil you could do. And I'm right. sitting here thinking, I'm a 600-year-old vampire and I didn't know this evil jerk was sitting in my domain. And he's here right, right now offering... He needs to think about how he's getting out of here alive, not offering to... What? You know? Right. That, that would inflame me as a player. I know what people are thinking. Bob's a little hardcore. I'm that type of guy that would love to use a dude like this. Great. Go ahead. Do you. I'm on a mic, though. And that's and that's what I'm saying. You know? That's, that's how it is. But the point is that the worst offers ever. Like, there's, no, there's nothing for me to feel that people could tether or get along to. Who wants to be the scumbag that kills the nice lady that showed up who's being persecuted by Wario? Right. Well, and here's the other thing too, like all of these things considered, 
your interactions, like the Sabat, for instance, that's a good one. Like the Sabat want her protected so much so that <laughs> Bob just uh, he just passed out. He just he just fell out conscious. So much so that Sasha Vikos, who you have not seen since Micah Vikos, are willing to like call due debts to protect her, right? And it, it's uh, like because why? Like, so why do they care? The Sabat want to protect her for the greatest of reasons. I actually enjoy this because it's it's literally thumbing your nose at all the modern Sabat players mm-hmm. because they said we defy the elders, we defy them. Right. That is the point. We are free to be who we are. She is here to be free who she is. She shouldn't be persecuted because some antediluvian and new upstart bloodline decided she had to die. And everybody here who want to do that, nah, we exist to show you we're still here, we're still strong, and we're still gonna kill you. So you don't get her, is mm-hmm. is the thing. And and Vikos feels so strongly about it. Not only is it calling Marcus, remember this is the guy who dealt with them, Dragoratrix all over the place. You you have to repay a debt because I helped you build the the tower on uh, to to Huda Pass centuries ago. You know I bailed you out then, kept that debt all the way up till now. We're friends now. We're finally friends. Mm-hmm. If you help me, you don't. That's an enemy you make up Johnny on the spot. Right. Yeah, and uh, so basically, it, here's the thing, though. How does this culminate, Bob? This culminates into <laughs> into a lump. It is it is a lump. It culminates into because here's here's what happens. No matter what the characters say, and all this goes down, and promises made, we know this much. That doesn't matter because right. the Giovanni. Well, we'll do do my favorite first because this is grand, right? Anson decides to grab the Bali, and they're gonna jump her. Right. So wherever she is, and they assume you have her like in a basement, right? She's somewhere yeah, she's, out of the way. You she's sequestered. Her, yeah. You, you treat her like a chained hobo, right? Because this person radiating mm-hmm. good, cool, done nothing wrong to you. Let's treat her like crap. Because all my mm-hmm. honor and Transylvanian etiquette apparently means beat her and put her in a basement to make biscuits. Yeah, right. So uh, anyway, the the winds howl, everything picks up. It's about the storm and the ground shakes and a hole opens up. Right, and out of this hole come these these uh, see through heat heat visions. To you know predators, I mean? right? And they they just come out of the ground, but when they do, their eyes flash red, and they bum rush the players. Right, right, right. And and they can't go near her because she what? <gasps> she has true. She's faith. got true faith. So they go oh. near. Her. She starts praying, and they just she doesn't yeah. she doesn't just have true faith. She's got five motor scooter and dots of true faith. Right. She, so she she's, loves him, she's, she's quite true. She's quite true. Okay. She says, I love you, God. And an angel goes, he loves you too. Right? That's how <laughs> right. much true faith she has. Right. They, they ain't getting near her. However, they run at the players. And nothing the players do could stop them from getting burned. These right. things just reach out and burn you to keep you at bay. And by the way, fire kills you. Don't think too hard yeah, into it. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, as that's going on, Anson comes walking in with his three cronies. And the mm-hmm. cronies who never should have walked to the door, by the way. And when Anson comes in, he's like, you. And he runs over to her. And he feels it's a little uncomfortable. He doesn't care. And he bites into her neck. And she starts praying as he's drinking her blood or trying to. And then he has to back away because the blood hurts. And then he cuts her head off because the blood hurts. Just so she cuts Mm -hmm. his head off. And I sat here thinking to myself, as I flip to the Bali, and I look at Anson's stats, and I flip to the Bali, 
in the in the yeah. guide. And back mm-hmm. even in when Bali were invented, you're looking at it and it says, Oh, look at the damage they take from what? Religious True faith. True faith is death. Religious to them. icons, right. Religious icons. Double damage sucks. So basically half of Anson's head melted from even getting near her and he drank her right. blood should be dead. But don't worry, Anson's awesome. He's gonna go forward, he's gonna make a mega pop band when he reincarnates in this moment, and Mbop will top the charts for a bit. But uh Regardless of my bad joke, yeah, this—that's how the Bali's supposed to kill her. Boom, she's dead. Right, and then, I, but also, also, I, I love this—the the characterization. After one or two turns, three Bali appear. Right. Uh, okay, so just I, like if you want to lose me in a book, just throw in three Bruja up here. Who who are these Bruja? What are what are their personalities like? What are their motivations? What, do, so just. Random frickin' Bali, great. Okay, I'm cool, cool with henchmen. I'm cool with henchmen. But those henchmen have to have something cool to them. I'm a fan right. of the Coen brothers as much as anybody else. And they proved that a characterization of any cameo is awesome. That's a good chance to have them. And by the way, do you. They didn't put right. the effort in the book, though, to do it. So right. that's why it's... Eh. But anyway, when they come in and do that, Hanson allegedly killed them already. And what's that do? Because Hanson's dead. He's gonna die. Like, think of your Coterie. First off, I don't know how the Coterie's going to sit and watch him come in and do this when right. you're protecting her. Right. At the very least, let's see you got a Coterie of bastards. They're coming in and taking from you. They're not waiting for you to hand her over. They're coming and taking. And that's, that's, that's a whoop-ass. That's not a discussion. You don't take from me in my home. What's wrong with you? And mm-hmm. that's... You know, here's my curiosity. Um... This is the like one of those little things that I, I, I it's a little detail. Um, you know, they appear, right? Well, okay, how where do they appear from? What what power do they have that allows them to appear? But then they disappear. So what power do they like are they going through another dimension? Like Are you trying to is, justify hell? I'm trying to justify how my players are gonna be like, oh, they went where? They did you what? You don't have to answer to, to players. What? <laughs> right. What? Well, you're the storyteller. You just look them right in the eye. This is back when White Wolf's era was might makes right. We're the wolf, baby. <laughs> we're the wolf. We're not just saying wolf. We're the white wolf. Oh, you want to know where they went? You can roll your self control. Tell you what, you you've can been email us. You could email us and ask. <laughs> right, right. See what we tell you. You know, would you send us a letter in the mail? We'll get back to you. I just, I'm joking about that, but that's that's right. essentially what it comes across. But anyway, what about Wario? He shows up, mm-hmm. and he brings Ambrogino Giovanni, fifth gen Methuselah, at this point, right. and 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 bring him in. And Ambrogino's like, step to the side, and he walks up. Right, he brought a horde of zombies and the storm to end all storms. Right. As right. if the guy from Needful Things is going to come out. <laughs> this reminded me of The Gate. Have you ever yes. seen The Gate? Anybody ever seen The Gate? You know, where there's a big storm and a tree gets struck by lightning and a and a portal from hell opens. It just to me, it's like, oh, the big storm rolls in. Like, Come on, just tell me. Rewrite this a little bit. Remember Needful Things? Just mm-hmm. imagine a big storm. The Giovanni this in anybody. The Bali could have been this, this guy from Needful Things. He could just show up, give me mm-hmm. what I want, and I'll go away. <laughs> That's all he has to say, right? right. right? And then you should be ah, cursed items, dun dun dun. But you know, you don't even get that cool shit. You know, no, you don't. It's just Ambrogino walks in, and guess what he does, folks? I bet you can't predict it. He walks over to her, Maria Sanchon, and he grabs mm-hmm. her, and he bites into her neck, and begins draining her, and she starts praying, and he goes, ah, the blood, oh, it's harsh, and he just cuts her head off. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, lots of head cutting off. I didn't have a stroke. No, I I didn't suddenly forget. It's the same thing. Right. The same exact thing happens between the two, and that's folks. That's lazy writing, in in my opinion. That's not a. That's not. I mean, like if it's the Giovanni. Right. And they're separate. Give that separate, because otherwise you get heckled. That's that's what you do. It's like really, man. Right. right. Uh, it's just and and the the whole like I'm a, the attempting to diabolize her thing. It's just like. Okay. Uh, all right. But that happens. That's that's Maria Sanchon. But let's look at it. The scenario in always wants her dead. And right. always wants her dead. And I have a huge problem with that. And I'll explain why. Having her alive actually does something better for the players than having her dead. Everything wants to kill her or use her in some way, whatever. And maybe your players do too to a point. But after they come to take from you, and in my opinion your players definitely stave them off. Because this game has been all about the unification. This whole this whole thing, the Anarch Revolt, the whole nine, is about Ancilla coming up and becoming their own elders and making a difference to be something mm-hmm. not like everything else they're seeing in the world of darkness. Right. So if we can bind together and be stronger, I don't care if Ambergino is fifth gen, you're older than the guy. Right. Every single player here is older than him. Fifth gen just means what? You yummy. <laughs> right, you need to you need to realize that right now, Jack. If we came up from the mm-hmm. Anarch Revolt, we know how to get this done. So we're gonna right. steamroll the Bali. We're gonna beat Wario and jump on him and get our Super Mushroom and one up, and and that's that. And we still have Maria, and that to me is the best scenario because now you truly do have a plot device that can talk to you and right. direct you through the rest of what they try to do. And, and here here's the other thing too, like they kind of they they let you do that if you want. Um, by giving you this little box where they talk about diverging from canon. And uh, I, I don't know exactly how I felt about this, but um, it, it kind of lends to your point where it says that, uh, you know, the, if Maria doesn't, everyone should still think she's dead. Like you should basically change her identity, hide who she is, etc. cetera. Um, and, and then it says, even if she survives, further study uh, of the prophecy reveals that the sign only requires the illusion of her destruction and the loss of hope that her destruction brings. And I was kind of like, well, that's a little wishy-washy, but yeah. uh, it lends to your to your statement. So, so much for the purple bed. <laughs> right, right. Prophecy and worth crap, right? That's right. what it comes down to. Right. Now, here's further evidence. Let's say she's dead. Your players did all that. Your deal's ruined. She's just killed. You're sitting there. And you go mm-hmm. looking through her things and whatever, and you read all these heartfelt prayers that she was making that were to, to thank the players. She's asking God to bless you and forgive you for what you have to do as a vampire. That's what this woman's doing. If you listen to her prayers, they're not for her. They're for the players. Right. That whole time, she's only praying for their soul, for what they're doing. I don't know about you. You pray for my soul and you're under attack. I'm beating the shit of the people trying to get to you that's right just, sorry right. very much so that's just how it is but let's say that somehow there are people more vile than we've ever could have been and they just decide to let it happen all right cool then you get to this ritual this woman <laughs> has a level eight thaumaturgical ritual on her that allows her to erase every memory thought name scrap of paper person who's seen her everybody the whole world forgets right. who she is and what she's right. about once she completes this ritual. And it's level 8. And it takes some time. But she is desperately close to completing it. And she, and if she died in that scenario, that's that. But your players get that info. Now, you're the storyteller. If you're my storyteller, 
and all that happened, and you literally railroaded me and told me I just can't get through the demons to get to her, and that happened, I am burning down your game. <laughs> I am burning down your game. I am heckling you for all time. Because right. I know what you're doing. You're sitting there going, <laughs> don't you feel like crap now? You know, you may not say it, but it'll be on your face. You knew it the whole time. You knew that mm-hmm. was possible. And it's like, I, nobody wants to feel like crap playing a game. Right, right. That's that's what um, is uh, called in some circles a dick move. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But then so, it, that's... Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's uh, it, it's um, it's definitely it's definitely very hammer worthy. Right. And, All right. And... So let's move on. We're moving on. To me, uh, there have been better scenarios, and um, also, it's not. We we know through further revised material, it's not the last Cappadocian, anyways. So, right, um, kind of nonsensical in that regard. Uh, Then we let's not forget what it was for. I forgot the prophecies is what that was all about. Mm -hmm. It was another cool moment in canon. Sure, last Cappadocia, but the prophecy she gives the players tied to the mystical disc back at Tehuda Pass from the first book. They read on in Octavio and Rambling Anatole, and mm-hmm. we move on to the next chapter. Yeah. yeah. By this time, I'm like, not Karen. Um, so, yeah, we move on, and uh, we, uh, we, get, uh, we get to hang out with, uh, with Dracula again, right? We do. You get, you get a random letter, Dracula. Mm-hmm. And uh, I stop answering letters, letters at this point, yeah. by the way. Yeah, I don't yeah, fuck a letter. Because <clears throat> after Maria, just to show you that segue, they just tell you basically, have have game. Right, Between right. that and the next chapter of, of Ill Omens, just kind of, you know, adult swim. Everybody figure it out. Do your own thing. <laughs> Enjoy yourself. Maybe get a sandwich, stretch. Put on some yeah. more lotion, maybe. I don't know. Whatever you got to do. And then, yeah. uh, and then Dracula sends you a letter. And you get this letter. He requests your presence. And it says in there specifically, one of the players might even be Dracula's lover. Yeah, remember from last time? Now, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, and I even went back and looked, like, when, when do we have a chance to, to get macked down by Dracula? Mm-hmm. When was that, exactly? Because was Dracula like a prisoner, and then he wasn't, and then he was this guy in a battlefield yeah, doing this bad but stuff, and then... They, they kind of allude to the, like, in the previous book, in part two, you get, there's a lot of time where you're hanging out in the castle, and they kind of, they're like, hey, if you want to do some like lovey-dovey type of stuff now would be the time <laughs> let's try a scenario hey, i know you guys are here to my creepy castle i know we're zemis i know mm-hmm. we're chilling but uh i got this stud bouncing around you know dracula maybe heard of him son of the dragon mm-hmm. uh-huh wink wink nudge nudge you want you feel like getting your freak out i know it gets boring here you might not be able to read the books i got hey uh you want to do some mutual necking uh, okay. what's, what's dracula I do i haven't bathed in some time but <laughs> I know I smell like a horse, but if you would like, come to me. Be my bride. Yeah? Nah. Nah, how about you stay chained where you're at? Or whatever you got going on. Dude, you took poles and rammed them up places shit and had nothing rammed in them. Yeah, no, you're not a cool guy. You're, you're an, you're, your name is not Vlad the hunky-dory... Um, <laughs> Uh, Vlad the Hunkadorian. Yeah, Vlad the the guy who gives like good hugs and kisses. No, you're Vlad the Impaler. I don't I don't like you. And that, and that was back in the other book, right? right? Where he was like live, and then he isn't, right? He forced Lombok to embrace him. We could, eh, mm-hmm. 
Don't worry, though. Yeah. Some of you might have been like, oh, that's just my type. Okay, cool. That might be you and the Coterie. It's okay yeah. if you are. We didn't. We weren't in your scenario to know. Me and Nate are just riffing on the generality. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you get back to Ill Omens. Here's Dracula. He's like, come to my castle. You know? <laughs> what is it? Uh, come come peacefully, leave freely. You know, that, that type mm-hmm. of thing. And you arrive, and Dracula's like, what's up, everybody? Um, who's got my sword? Right. That's it. We're going to go through this lightning fast, because all the hubbub through it is describing how hard it is to get to Dracula's castle, because it's winter. Going up a pass of mountains on a horse and buggy. Yes, yeah. it's difficult. We get that. But that's a lot We've of done it. it. We've done it a half a dozen times, actually. <laughs> well, by, you this, know. by this point. Absolutely. Yeah. Can, uh, if, you, if you are playing the same characters through this, you've been up... It, like Literally, it's now it's going to be like, uh, and you take that trip again. It sucks. Right. You've done it already. And then, uh, and then you get to Dracula, and he's like, I need mm-hmm. my sword. And, and they tell you, well, if you were back at the Tremere and you took their offer, wink, wink, um, you got the sword. And you're like, just so happens I do. Right. And Drake right, is like, right. give it to me. And you get to tell him, no. You, you, you got <laughs> right. you got something I need. I knew this was important. I didn't know why. But right. if you, well, here's Dracula and here's your sword. I got your sword. Why'd you lose it? Where's the finder's fee? And Dracula mm-hmm. might be like, oh, a finder's fee? You were right. How about a dozen horses, some gold, and whatever else? Frankincense and myrrh? I don't know what he's giving, but he just, you know, he's just bartering at this point for his own sword. And and let's highlight, he's Vlad the Impaler. How do you right. get to tell him no? <clears throat> so here's a question I have for you, Bob. Um, uh, some things that I didn't quite understand. <clears throat> First and foremost, uh, Dracula has a magic sword that he made. Now, um, not a lot of magic weapons being made by vampires in the world of darkness, truth be told. There mm-hmm. are a few. This is one of them. And he made it because he's skilled at caldonic sorcery. Now, my question is, uh, since he forced his sire to embrace him and then his sire fled after the embrace, who taught him caldonic sorcery? I'm glad you asked. It mentions Dracula's a pimp. It says it in there. It says, of all the Zemisi Voivodes, none are more dread than Vlad the Impaler, a.k.a. the Hunkadorian pimp. (laughs) <laughs> right has it right there and so the hunkadorian pimp can't be refused so all these cold dune babies they were yeah. coming around going we are for you dracula and he was like that's right you are and since you mm-hmm. is what's that fly thing you doing over there talking to spirits and dancing in the fire all naked and tantalizing and she's like i'm a zemis <laughs> with three heads and i skip rope with my intestines and i have a way with spirits you wish to know daddy want to know now I'll tell you. Great, I'm gonna make a magic weapon that I could use later on. Yeah, because I like weapons that do five ag. <laughs> <laughs> you can't predict it. Uh, other than our nonsense, yeah, yeah. whatever you want to say, Dracula does. He does. Let's 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 yeah. let's cut this to what it is. They are trying to put the vampire in game. Uh-huh. It is not even yeah. arguable that Dracula is the reason Vampire the Masquerade exists, and like ten thousand movies and other books written. We're about right. this guy. Good job, Bram Stoker. And that's the whole reason. That's, that's the long and short of it, right? It comes yeah. from folklore from this area in Transylvania, and that's why it's here. So they got to give him something, right? Consider his sword his pimp king. Right. And it makes sense. Maybe he was embraced, and the sword's <laughs> well, like, you and me, baby. I, 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 like, I like that they give you this warning as if it were needed. Though a uh, thick Romanian accent should be avoided like the plague, Says the storyteller that. can use lines of dialogue directly from Bram Stoker's book to, cari- categorize the, the, uh, to characterize the 
the Wallachian Count. And I'm like, no. Right. Now you use that accent, brother. Right, right. You now kick you, it up you a go notch. ahead. If you're gonna use, if you're gonna be daring enough to use Dracula, you can use a Romanian accent. You I will forgive it. it. Right. You and, you just go all out. And and why why do we disagree? I don't know who wrote that right there, but you want to talk about just painting your opinion on a book that you're trying to get people to like? Basically, right. it says do what I say because I'm cool. I know. No, you're not cool. It's Here's corny th- if you use an accent for Vlad. I mean, oh, no. is it really? You're using the character. Like if you're in for a penny and for a pound. <laughs> right. It's exactly the point. It's <laughs> it's let's have fun here with the game and not like I don't I don't know. Right. Do we get a prize if we don't use the accent? Do they mail us Dracula's sword? Y- yes, that they can do. explain. <clears throat> Well, okay, uh, right. I think I think the reason why we're kind of like being heavy-handed here and riffing on this <clears throat> is because of the actual ritual you've been invited to watch or participate in. I, I'm here's not really setup. sure. And Nate's awesome at the description mm-hmm. of the ritual, but here's the setup. Dracula calls you here once, asks mm-hmm. for the sword. You have it, he gets it. No matter what. Even if you try to keep it, he steals it from you. Right? He's wily and he has coldonic ways. And that's... And you, and you suck. Plot right. armor. Or he just threats you. And, you know, again, bot hammer. And regardless, you lose the blade. And then you go back. And then you just find story for a little bit. But right. when you go back to your dimension, you, you have a missing child. Nobody knows where it is. And then all the other dimensions in the Seibenberg and whatnot are missing kids. Mm-hmm. And then it's it starts with one. And then it's two. And then it's up to five. And then nobody knows where these people are. Now we got a problem. Someone goes and tells the Inquisition, by the by, Nate, what happened <laughs> to the Inquisition up to this point? Well, it's fucking over. Um, I, this is one of the other major issues I have with this chapter is that they take their own canon and the canon that was created uh, through real world history and they're like, the Inquisition hears word of this, even though the Inquisition's over uh, and they're not running around lighting stuff on fire anymore <clears throat> in the 1700s. Um, we're just going to use them regardless of that. And then it's like, you're playing a game full of vampires. If you can excuse that, you can excuse a little, uh, inquisitive. And I'm like, come on. Like, no, you know, you're doing bad. You're, you're lazily writing this. This is ridiculous. So basically <clears throat> it's inquisition 1.5 and they're just the, like, everybody's got to go to ground. It's time to hide because Dracula is kidnapping kids. For sure. For sure, and and that's what and that's Sorry. and that's what this all is. And when the players figure it out, and then why they have to move is because the Inquisition's coming. That could start up again. You feel responsible because it's in your domain. So of course you got to go investigate. And when you invite, because for some reason you don't have a sheriff by now. And, right. and when you go to find out, it's like has to be Dracula. All signs point to Dracula. Yeah, because what happens is when you ask all these people what's going on, they tell you, oh, we saw Dracula crawling out the window with a baby in his mouth. <laughs> right. And they're like, oh, okay, well, all right, we'll go back to the castle then. Now, right. uninvited, you go back. If by some miracle, none of the players are Zemis, and, and, and that Zemis hasn't been paying attention to anything written about their clan or their culture or anything... I guess it's okay that you go back without fear, but you should hear someone go, you want me to go to a Zemis estate uninvited, in particular Dracula, where a lot of that culture was highlighted and made famous because of how Dracula right. is. We know we know what the Zemis believe as characters. We're well equipped. We've been doing this for like 600 years. So, so, so now we got to go back, right? We got to go back, but hey, Drac. Give me like five minutes. I got to pee. That's okay. I got to set this up anyway. 
So we, the players get to Dracula's castle, and when they arrive there, what happens? Dracula's like, oh, everybody, how's it going? Come in for a little bit. And when these people come in, they see these kids. And what? Yeah, there's these kids. They're all dressed in finery, noble finery, sitting around this nice china, uh, giggling and laughing. And Dracula sits at the head of the table, and he's got this sword on him. And, and as he's looking at the kids, and they're all smiling, they're sipping warmed bowls of his blood. I'll give that a second. Yeah, yeah. For some reason, it's okay that the kids are, are sipping soup blood. Dracula's soup blood. And that's, I guess, I guess that's the new thing. And that's okay. I don't know about you. Tomato soup for me as a kid, I loved tomato soup. I loved the consistency. I loved how it smelled. I love that the, the grilled cheese was like the, the, the married awesome part about it, right? Gooey grilled cheese, you could dip it, have it awesome, and you know, blah, blah, blah. And back in the day, baked bread was everything, common for them. But I know I love me some baked bread. I'm a fat kid. You bake some bread, we're friends for life, especially if we got the right butter. Oh my God, that's a whole meal to me. Now, these kids don't get, well, they might have bread, but they don't care. Because they got this blood sitting in a bowl that was warmed, right? And that's ghoulish enough as is. I mean, that's that's DCFS easy. That's child abuse already off the bat. But even if you're good with that, you flip it to the other side of it. You have Dracula sitting here with a sword. That sword has like, oh, I'd say all sorts of adornment on it. It's silver, has marks, that nonsense. And uh, that also is, uh, is a big tell. Because if you think about it, if you have kids around a table, you have blood around a table, and they're in bowls, Dracula's sitting there with a sword that's screaming with kids. What's that, Bob? Yes. That's the, that's the part that is the most uh, ridiculous about this. You're going there to see if Dracula's the one doing the, doing the work of kids, and you have all this evidence built up. Right? Yes, it's the kids. Yes, they've done it. Yes, they've done all these sacrifices. Yes, they've had all this blood. And, and done all this stuff. But he has a sword that is capable of... It diabolizes people um, and, like, stores up um, stores up blood. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's one of the most ridiculous things I've ever read in a vampire book. Uh, it's definitely... It's a D&D sword. Like, I, I can't, you know... I, I can't describe it any way... Other than that, um, but yeah, it does strength plus five aggravated damage, and it sucks blood, stores blood traits, and takes an aspect of their personality into it, and it looks like uh, the picture of the drawing of the sword kind of looks like the Sword of Omens. Right. It's, I mean, there's, there's nothing, there's no, I mean, first off, it's dated material. We, right. we, we shouldn't have to say that, but we will for here. Stated material, we get that. But it reads like a grand clave in a lot yeah, of ways yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for absolutely. werewolf, right? Like a yeah. build for a werewolf weapon. This, right. Should they not mix? No, it's fine. We know where the mechanic template came from, but it's the dressing we're talking about. Why does right. Dracula get, need an Uber blade? Well, here's the deal. For the certain purpose of plot is why they have it. And the plot states that he needs like a hundred kids to be able to do this ritual. 
right? Yeah. And we did, remember, right. I, I just described the kid room, the setup, the arrival. Like, how did the players mm-hmm. not know that Dracula took the kids? I mean, you instantly know it was him. But mm-hmm. so what? Right? That's how Dracula handles it. But, Nate, I believe it was you who, when we first recorded, said something that was perfect. Mm-hmm. Dracula is a giant child. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Here's the thing. Like, you're you're going to go in and you're going to ruin this. And instead of Dracula being like, now I kill you all, he's like, you get out of my house. I'm tired of your crap. This is my, you ruined my ritual. I'm, damn it. And it's, like, that's it. Like, it's, 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 and here's the other thing, too, I wanted to mention, which may lend to your theory that it's actually some sort of, like, grand clave. Because reading in here, it says that he, he inherited the sword from his father, but he never used it in battle, uh, displaying it instead in his castle as a work of art. He didn't realize its powers until he met Durgus Sin. So years later, Durgus Sin showed him that it had power. So right. maybe it actually is a werewolf artifact. In that regard, that makes sense. But they should come right out and say that. A, a werewolf artifact that steals blood and souls. Not, yeah. Not really yeah. their bag, but all right. Right, cool. right, no, right, sure. But it's, maybe that's how it's created. Who knows? Came from somewhere. Baba Yaga. But, you know, whoever did it, we, we get that that's what that uh, that happened. Anyway, um, <laughs> right. so why is he a big kid? Let's make this make sense. You do the ritual. You got all these kids. You would not go through the length of capturing so much as one child. If you were not committed to seeing it through. Right. Think about this a second. You're not normally this type. Yes, you've been to war. Yes, you've had to war for your lands, country, and this is Dracula. We're all Dracula right now. As mm-hmm. Vlad Tepes, we had to do what we had to do because that's what was called upon us as, as the Basarab Lord that we were made to be. And we, mm-hmm. we did what it took. Now, I had to force this vampire to make me what he is because my land and my people need me. It's that simple. We've been cursed and at war this entire time because these vampires plagued the whole area and we're not going to beat them as normal people. So I will take the plunge and I will curse myself to be able to help my people. Except I learn it's far worse than I thought. As I sit and I stare at the being I forced to do what he did, I realize that there are a lot more vampires and they are everywhere. Right. And so all the energy goes out of me. Century or so later, centuries later, I, I get this opportunity and I learned that it goes deeper than that. The vampires are all messed up because of me studying all my magical lore of my people and tradition and whatnot. I learned that there's this being called Kapala. And I know that it has a way of driving people insane because it's trapped and it's just bleeding this stuff in here. But my people get together one night a year and they go out and slaughter everything that Kapala infests. And in fact, right. so that we could weaken it and keep it in prison still. It's a big, happy gathering. I know that's going on. Not good enough for me. I am a being of destiny. And I will free my lands. And I come up with this idea. How about I make a ritual that requires me to take a child, kill it, take its soul and blood, and then I only need 99 more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I somehow magically know I only need 99 right, more right. to see it done. Now, if I'm committed to go through that, here come these coterie of players who are like, aha, Dracula, it's you. It's you. And there you have the murder weapon, and we see you got more kids lined up to finish your nefarious ritual, and you're going right. to use it to some nefarious means, and you're going to show us what you're going to use for it, and you're going to show us right now. And Dracula's like, yes, I am. Come with me. And you go downstairs, 
He's like, look at my chamber. See, see what is here. Grind ritual on the floor. I have removed the marks on the wall. That's the yeah. Yeah. Do you remember in the last book how you guys came and you were like, hey, if we carve these things in here, it's going to help to hold this demon and he won't have any power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got rid of those. (laughs) I I scratched them off. Got rid of them. Why? Because I got to be able to get into the energy to be able to use Mm -hmm, the energy. mm -hmm. Okay, Dracula. So so now we killed all these kids. Yeah. If I'm the coterie, go ahead and finish. Yeah, if I uh, well, if I'm the coterie, Dracula don't live, period. Right. Oh, I know that can't happen <laughs> between me, you, and these four walls, and everyone listening. Oh, we're gonna kill Dracula. Oh no! Uh, Didn't you see the plot hammer last chapter? Right. That's not happening. Mm-mm. Right. Uh, just forget about it. We need him from other things. I could sense greatness in this one. <laughs> also, he is the sword we gave him that is gonna kill us at a swipe. Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, we we leaving. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, and as you're sitting there staring at him, he's got these kids. You're like, no, we're going to have this moral. Listen here, Dracula. No, they have, they break it down. You fight right. Dracula. Dracula spares your life. Because you're mm-hmm. not just fighting Dracula. You're in his castle. Right? right, right. Remember that. And he has you have these to fight axes. All his, yeah, yeah. You have to fight all of his axes. and You mean all his revenants. Right. <laughs> the axes are, <laughs> sorry, are revenants. That he men he trained in the field of battle that learned of vampires, he trained them to drink blood on the battlefield to gain that power. They're just randomly taking nips, looking for the yeah. good stuff yeah. as they go through in the, in the field of war. So they were made to be these ruthless engines of destruction. They're referred to as revenants, which means some pretty heavy stuff. Yeah, well, you're at least fighting a bunch of dudes called axes with potents. I don't know what that means for anybody, but you do the math. Right, to got some axes is that. Yeah. So if you go fight axes though, and they're there, that's fine. Then there's Dracula. So an army and some problems. All right, but Dracula doesn't want you dead. He moves furniture with you. Everybody scuffles. He's like, okay, everybody, that's it. You're not about this ritual. Get out. Right. I'm going to do what I got to do, but you got your life. You get out of here. You're like, all right, Dracula. We know. And they leave. And then they, right. you can see what happens. However, Dracula doesn't do it. Right? That's what this is about. You intervene. Right. And because you talk you, him out of it. It's like you caught him masturbating. <laughs> right? It was okay as long as nobody knew what was going on. But the moment you caught that his kink was staring at chopped watermelon in the dark basement. Right? <laughs> right? And he's going to town on it. Right? He's just, he's just like, oh, yeah, that's great. When you see it, suddenly he doesn't want watermelon no more. Yeah, but it's worse than that. Because his kink is he thinks he can control the demon by killing a bunch of children. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold up. You may have thought this was a good idea, but you're killing babies, dude. Like, you, this is like the worst thing that, like, people criticize the world of darkness for, like, some immature writing at times. And, like, I think this is the height of, like, this is what people reference when they talk about, like, poor taste. Like, I do a ritual, and all I have to do is murder 100 kids. I've already murdered, like, 97. I'm like, you're like, like, hold, hold up, hold up, dude. Don't kill three more kids, okay? Like, come on. And what's honestly, that it's what's that ahead. show where that dude routinely loses his stuff and he's firing people? Entourage. Is it Ari? Is that his name? <laughs> yeah. Where he's yeah. like, "You shut up, get the f out." And he's writing it on stuff. He just get out. That's what happens right. to that person. I got a ritual for a hundred baby killing. Like, how's that yeah. float? How's that go? Yeah. And, uh, and, and that's that. So, but this is where he throws his tantrum, right? Right. 
I mean, that's that's what it, I, I don't get that because now we're we're and here's the pet peeve of pet peeves. If I'm a storyteller, I know it's Dracula. I know you're here, and I went through to kill all these kids. You come in to stop me from killing these kids. Well, then I'm going to kill you. Right. You're literally yeah, impeding yeah, what I'm doing. Right. You come uninvited. You're accusing me. You caught me. Everything says that we have to follow this through. But don't worry. I know I'm more powerful. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to just spare you. Get out of here. I'm not going to do it. Blah, blah, blah. You've convinced me. And it's just mm-hmm. ridiculous. Because it leaves you feeling what? We, we just brought Dracula out so the players can play with him in this book, one chapter? Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. Th- I mean, that's that's what I, that's the impression I get here. It's, it's, it's. It bears no value to the story, and it's like, well, you're friends with Dracula, right? Here, here's the thing he's doing. Also, we get to add in a cool sword. Uh, but yeah, so anyways, now that chapter's over. Like, it just leaves me feeling like, okay, great. Like, that was pointless and stupid. It's a literary um, bump. Don't forget Dracula. <laughs> Don't forget Kapala. Right. Yeah, so yeah, I want to I want to mention this too, which we had already kind of touched on, but with the um, the historical inquisition, uh, it, it says in here, historical purists may note that the inquisition was well past its heyday by 1710. Yeah, historical purists being people playing a historical game in the <laughs> world of darkness. Like, do you have to be a purist? <laughs> and the only periods of widespread witch hunts and tortures took place centuries before. This is largely true. Torture has lost favor as a useful tool because of its tendency to extract false confessions. And the Roman Inquisition was not nearly as brutal as obvious as the medieval Spanish Inquisitions. However, this is the world of darkness. Everything's a little darker, a little more corrupt, and a whole lot worse. Sometimes using that blanket as an excuse to, like, extend the Inquisition past its normal end. Uh, the, The formation of the Camarilla was greatly because of the Inquisition. If it's still going on 300 years later, to me, it's it's a little heavy-handed. I'll just say that. Mm. So I would say, if you're going to use this chapter, um, maybe focus more on the there's kids getting kidnapped from your domain and less on the Inquisition. Just, I don't know. Angry townspeople work. Yeah, right, right, right. What's, what's more mm-hmm. fearful, the Inquisition or the people that you've been feeding on suddenly going, that's Bob, I only see him at night. Uh-huh. But Bob right. doesn't ever bring around his wife and kids. Maybe it's Bob doing it. He's a weirdo. Cue the now, pitchforks and fire. Definitely. Uh, I, I think that there's an easier way to do it. So, all right. Well, that brings us to chapter four. Uh, or as I like to call it, Paris, France by night. Um, what can we talk about with uh, chapter four? I, I, I tell you uh, what. I'll give you Bob's TLDR. Bob's TLDR. But no, I, I did read mark. it, but I'm going to help you. We've been talking a while. I'm just going to say this. Remember Francois Vallon? Yeah. Remember how we sent a court to you? You had to put him up? Yeah, right, right. Yeah, and, we had to throw him a party and all that. And there specifically, his his invitation to you to get the last Cappadocia was because for fun. Mm-hmm. He just he just wanted the last Cappadocia. It's whatever he was there for. And he offered you land. He offered you good land in France to pull you there, to live there, to stay there, yep. to be there. If you didn't accept his offer, you're now left figuring out why the hell my players are going to France. Okay? Problem number one. Why the hell are we going from France when we're gods in Transylvania? Why are we going back to where we're... Right. Just, also, just here. also, isn't this book called like the Transylvania Chronicles? No, that's two. 
<laughs> let's let's move let's move to three. It says, hey, if you like, try something saucy. Have the players play your their own children, and mm-hmm. have this chapter segue to those children in France. Mm-hmm. Okay, no problem. Let's assume I'm bold and daring. Not a bad right. idea. So now I'm my child. I am uh, I am uh, Francois Babo, and I and I am here. <laughs> And uh, I am in uh, France, and you know my terrible accent. And uh, I am here enjoying life and everything else. Now, now we got to pause, and I got to build an entire city and campaign to explain to you what's mm-hmm. been going on in France because this chapter. I mean everything. Right. I got to explain who Francois Vallon is, who the members of Court are, how things have been going on, all that effort. Right. Again, this reminded me in a lot of ways of like um, the Star Wars saga. Um, do you remember episodes four, five, and six, how there was like this character and he was like this really cool character called Darth Vader and he was like, he was awesome. Right. And then like he, you know, he grew and like, but like what I really think this is like, it's like if, if Darth Vader like embraced Anakin Skywalker and was like, now go to France and and let's do it all from the beginning. Cause you know how you like to build that character up? Like, wouldn't it be great if you played like a starting character? Hey, hey, you know, you've been playing the 600-year-old vampire. Like, wouldn't it be great to play, like, a 20-year-old vampire in a different city? Yeah, that's called a different game. That's, right. That's, that's, our whole, that's our whole problem here. Right. It's a completely different game. Now we're not in Transylvania. Now we're not about that conflict and war of six centuries we lived through and right. we participated in. Let's ignore that. Let's try something free new and we're in France. Okay, why are we in France? French Revolution. Right, right, right. Really? Right. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's this whole yeah. chapter. Yeah, yeah. So that that's the truth of it. This whole chapter, I don't even want to get into because I feel like this chapter would be great in a different book. I feel like this uh-huh. chapter would have been a fantastic, on its own, just a little chronicle that it was, you know, like... Uh, um, what's the, what's the one, uh, like fountains of blood or, or, uh, you know, the, the other dark ages one that they put out. I can't remember the name of it. It's not important, but like this chapter in and of itself does not fit. And I feel right. like it is a, it is a big time failure of the Transylvania Chronicles because you're going to be hard pressed to have any of your characters give a flying fuck about what happens in France, in Paris during the French revolution. Now, Here's here's why they have the chapter, because remember, this isn't just canon, disc, and prophecy. This is also living through important events in the world of darkness. Mm-hmm. This is the chronicle books that bring everything together for why they had their vampire line. It's that right. simple. And if that's the case, all right, cool. We got the French Revolution right here. Take a peek. You like it. Make it your own game. And that's it. That's all I got to say in the chapter, because if you try to run in as a segue in between Transylvania to, to France to discover... To discover what exactly? That you're all going to die. Right. Is, is that it? Because that's all I'm seeing. Because here's the deal. France is about the Sabbat at this point who do something miraculous. They're over here doing a revolution in a time when the mortals are done. They are done being mistreated horribly. And it tells you in here. I mean, it's good to tell you what's going on in here and to read on that, but it has no relevance that I could see to Transylvania. No. And what it is telling you is about the abuses of the aristocracy. You know, how a French nobleman could come and because you're a bread maker's daughter, do whatever he wants, however he wants, as many times as he wants, and there's like no repercussion because no one's going to care. Right. No, no one's going to hear your, your pleas or whatever, but that feel is going to lead her to want to get a knife and to go at this guy at some point. They'll stop her and say, bide your time. 
then dad gets arrested because you grabbed a knife in the first place or whatever. And who knows? But they're going to put you away in the Bastille. Stuff's going to go wrong. And then there's going to be a revolution. Stuff is going to happen. Right? Right, right. And that's the point. Um, the, the book that I was thinking of that I couldn't remember the name of is called Clash of Wills. Uh, it's, you know, it's a small chronicle. It's a story. And I think that this would have been perfectly fine for... You know, just a Vampire the Masquerade one-shotter. A little, uh, you know, a chronicle that you can put out that's got, you know, the same amount of pages as Clash of Wills. I just don't feel like particularly this one is... I, it just doesn't fit for me in this book. And that's really all I want to say about it. I mean, it's fantastic for your characters to go through the French Revolution, but it also doesn't make sense. Why not have it a revolution in Transylvania? You know, why, why not well, go through the historical upheaval there? Because yeah. that, that one's considered muy importante uh, for all the reasons it is, right? It shows how the working class has grown to overthrow. Right. They, they matter. The majority matters. The people yeah. who do all the things that keep this world running matter way more than the people up top who try to say they're mm-hmm. by right, divine right, able to heap the abuses they do. And that is the importance of it. And that's good. Mm-hmm. Doesn't tell you crap about Kapala, demons, <laughs> some, some stones, right. and some... Right. Well, uh, so one other thing I want to touch on, uh, we do get into some of the characters that are in here, and a lot of them are like sort of updated, reprinted versions of characters that have already been in the other books, and that's all well and good. Uh, the one that I did want to mention, though, was the Bali that we spoke of earlier in the, the uh, podcast, and his name is Anson, and uh, I, his, his, uh, his destiny, I thought, was really, really dumb. Um, and it's uh, par for the course with everything that's been mentioned about the Bali in this book. I think the Bali are characterized really crappy. And so his destiny is, um, well, so for those of you that don't know, uh, spoiler alert, I guess, Kapala has possessed the Cathedral of Flesh. Okay. Um, Did he? <laughs> I, I only add that because, remember, because what it says is, it, 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 it's not directly possessed the Cathedral of Flesh. That's one of the theories, mm-hmm. is that it possessed the Cathedral Because nobody knows why the Cathedral of Flesh ate Yorak. Nate really likes the fact that Kapala must have possessed the Cathedral of Flesh to do it. Yeah, well, I, I, That's so as I don't good know. as anything but, else. But basically, Kapala is either possessed it or is using it for his own, according to this, for his own nefarious right. purposes. Because basically, these Bali go and like they worship... Kapala uh, at the Cathedral of Flesh, and then the Cathedral of Flesh is like, man, I'm bored, and eats them. Well, we, we got, we got. There's, there's some differences here, right? Because remember, mm-hmm. what they're guarding is a hole, right? It's where the Cathedral of Flesh was, right? But, but they know there's nothing there now, mm-hmm. right? They outline it. That's the big gift. That, that's the big. That's the whole thing. Where did the mm-hmm. cathedral go? It's even worse. You gave reason as to why they get killed. It's because the cathedral does it. This says right. Kapala just kills them. Right. Oh, if he could just kill things, <laughs> right, why right. is he trapped? Right. Yeah. It's uh. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't seem to jive well. Yeah. Um, those th- those parts do. But now I clearly get that how that runs together is because your mind tries to automatically attach a reason. Makes sense right. in your stuff, and it, it you can't. It's not there. Well, the, my my problem with a lot of these books, uh, especially these, like they're made for storytellers, right? And what they do is they give you like the player treatment. You know, they're like, oh, you know, there's probably more behind this, but you know, who knows what it is? And it's like, no, I'm the storyteller. I need the info. I need right. to know. 
Like, tell me the truth. Don't tell me in book two that Beckett is a Malkavian. We know he's not a Malkavian. Why are you giving me the player treatment? Like, allow me as the storyteller to roll that out to my players. Don't leave yeah. me ignorant, right? When when I go, no, it says right here he's a Malkavian, right? Let's pretend I am every player who's ever decided to run a game. I have not read every book. I've read the book I need to run the game, right? And I'm left with the characterization that, no, he's a Malkavian, right? And I get the asshole player, both Bob and I have been this player before, so hold your horses, who goes, no, dude, he's a gangrel. It says in this book over here, blah, 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 he's got this and he's a gangrel. And I'm like, well, no, he's a storyteller. So, no, he's a gang, he's a Malkavian. Now I'm left looking like the jerk. You know, that that's all I'm saying. Give the storytellers the information that they need, not just like the, hey, hey it could be, maybe not, I don't know. It's, it's a gripe. It outlines one thing that you can't do. They, I hope they stop at some point. You really can't. Leave it up to the storyteller to turn around and say, not in my game. Stop wasting printed words to tell us this. Right. It's, it's been to exhaustion. Every book we read, there's something in it that says, it could have went this way. That's no one's ever prefer. listened to it anyways. But, well, hey, it's okay if it go. We know it's okay if it went that way. I bought the book, Jack. <laughs> I bought the right. book. If I want right. to tell the story different, I will tell the story different. Do you you know tell me your story. Do you know why it's a golden rule? Because you don't have to keep saying it. Like right. it, The golden rule is if it's your game, it's whatever you want it to be, you could print that in your base book. So let's point out why it's, it's, it's there and why they keep using it. Because It's absolute truth. They do not want to take the the treatment we're giving now. Right. They didn't right, want people to poke holes in what they had down, or they didn't want them to say what's going on. We don't have to poke holes when you write it and word it the way you intended, which means right. if you wanted the Cathedral of Flesh to get possessed by Kapala, then you should say that, right? right? But you should give a reason, a small one, right? Kapala, the web weakens, Kapala possesses part of the Flesh Cathedral and gives right. Yorak a hard time. And that solves I think, itself. I, I definitely think, I, I agree with you that there is a point in time where you're like, all right, th- we understand that we can tell the story how we want because we're storytellers. But like, tell us, this is the story we've written and these are strategies for you to get there. If you don't want to take those strategies, great. But stop telling us like, oh, you can tell the story how you want. Like, dude, I know. I. Well, anyways. But don't worry, because there is a company that heard it and they brought you back to Shahad Diary. And that's exactly what they do. Yeah, yeah. I, so we I get it from. Appreciate what, that. What breathed life back in all this? And it's just to toot their horn a little bit. It's because they must have known it too. Yeah. And got tired of it. You have a clear message, entertaining story, and says at the end, "Here's a bunch of different ways you could possibly run it that we thought of. Run your own though. Enjoy. Great. Right, right. Here's my money. Right. Thank you for that. All right, well, so that was that. Uh, Transylvania Chronicles Three: Ill Omens. Um, if you liked it, great. If you didn't, we didn't. I don't like it. I think, I, honestly, I think out of all of the books that we've reviewed so far uh, for Dark Ages, this is probably the worst. And this isn't even technically a Dark Ages book because it's got green in the. It's it's a because <laughs> it's got you, green and head symbols. That's what. You yeah, <laughs> it's it's got uh, it's got the green marble. Um, yeah, so. Um, and it doesn't really take place in the Dark Ages. It's all completely after the Dark Ages. It's not quite Dark Ages. It's not quite modern. But uh, anyways, hopefully uh, Transylvania Chronicles 4 will offer some level of redemption. Um, I don't. I can't tell um, what Bob feels about it because um, there seems to be some video error. 
Um, no, I can see exactly. I don't want to spoil it for anybody what Bob thinks. But uh, um, yeah, so um, my personal opinion, of course, I want everybody to enjoy these books the way that I do. And you can probably get this book super cheap because it's not very good. <laughs> well, what, what, what I will say is this book is a challenge to present in any form of digestion. And it's only because they, it's a, it's a loose story. It's everything we said. Take the humor out of it. Here's the 30-second pitch. Get ill omens because it continues, right? Segways second to fourth and ties in the middle. Mm-hmm. But you need to focus on the good stuff in it. And there is some. Not much, but there is some. And yeah. don't use the last Cappadocian method. Uh, I would instead focus on pick your path you want to tell your tale in. Make it great. Make it your own. And uh, that's the golden rule anyway. Uh, but otherwise, this book was a... Uh, it's a collector's item. <laughs> right. It's on my shelf, and it's on my shelf twice because I am a collector and I can't help myself. So outside of that, uh, not, a, not a book I suggest. So, All right. Well, next week we will be back to conclude our Transylvania Chronicles with Transylvania Chronicles 4. Technically, there's a Transylvania Chronicles 5, but it's in the Beckett's Jihad Diary. It's not a book. It's its own, its own chapter. So, um, yeah, the finalization of that will be in our next episode and then we will get back to some traditional dark ages material so cool uh any any last words bob nah. no i don't, I don't right. have any at all just noises that's, that's about what i had too all right well <laughs> until next week <laughs> i am nate and i am bob and we'll talk to you later Thank you for listening to 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade. If you like our podcast and you'd like to help support our show, consider backing us at patreon.com forward slash 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade. We offer reward tiers of additional Patreon-only podcasts, t-shirts, and personalized gaming experiences. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and go to our website, utilitymuffinlabs.com, for links to all of our social media, additional podcasts, and more. If you'd like to chat with us, submit a title for review, promote your gaming-related stuff or anything else you can think of email me at nathan at utilitymuffinlabs.com utility muffin labs consistently rated adequate